When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us and hanging out here at Doing It At Home, the place for home birth stories, conversations, resources. We're so thrilled that you are taking time out of your day to listen and to be a part of this space with us. If you have not subscribed yet to the show, now is a really great time to do that. Just hit subscribe, boop, on whatever podcast player you are using, and you'll get a notification every time an episode publishes. And then if you want to learn more about doing it at home, I suggest you check out the links in the show notes in that show description there. Again, within whatever podcast player you are using, you'll find links to our website, our book on Amazon, our merch, as well as offers from our amazing partners that we sync up with and bring their products and services to you. And then when you support those businesses, it supports doing it at home as well. Today's episode is a passion and love for birth. It is a listener submitted story from Lauren Carney. This is another installment of that format that we introduced a few episodes ago where you now have the opportunity to submit your birth story or stories to us via audio file and we can share it on the podcast. So it's a really cool way that maximizes opportunity to share more birth stories because there's only so many interviews we can do. As we've mentioned before, our submissions, our applications fill up and then we can't schedule any more interviews. But this is another way that we can share more stories without physically doing interviews. And it gives, I think it's really great and cathartic, this opportunity to sit down with yourself and process your birth. And we have some prompts for you and we have some instructions on how to submit a story. So if you are interested in doing that, go to our website, diahpodcast.com slash my story. And I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. But this is another one, and this is from Lauren Carney. And I'm so excited to share this with you because Lauren has been a part of the community for a while now. I feel like I've connected with her via our Facebook group and social media for a while, and she's been such a a supporter of the space, and we appreciate her so much. So I'm thrilled to bring her audio file to you and have her share 
part of her journey with you. And it's about the birth of her son, Jasper. And a couple of highlights or a couple of topics that are mentioned in her story are advocating for yourself, looking for a birth center, switching care providers at some point in your journey, falling in love with midwifery, and having care providers that make you feel safe and care about you properly. And of course, the details of the birth story. So thank you so much, Lauren. It is such a joy to share this with the community, and it's an honor to have you a part of the community. Enjoy Lauren's story. Quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll dive right in. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hi, my name is Lauren Carney. I'm a 26-year-old early childhood educator from the Dallas, Texas area. I have an amazing husband named Brandon and a little boy named Jasper who's going to be three in June. And I'm actually currently pregnant with baby number two, a little girl named Ayla who's going to be here in the fall. So I'm, you know, thinking all about the many, many things that are rapidly approaching in Ayla's pregnancy and the upcoming birth, and it has me thinking a lot about my journey with Jasper. We did not expect him, (laughs) to put it lightly. Brandon and I were actually still dating, and we knew we wanted to get married and have kids and all that jazz, but figured that that ball probably wouldn't get rolling for about another year. But God had other plans, because I found out on my birthday that I was pregnant. So I actually called Jasper God's birthday gift to me. (laughs) And the most amazing surprise birthday present ever, but definitely not what we were expecting at the time. And all kinds of craziness very quickly ensued. Job changes, finding an apartment together, getting married within two months, which is a miracle in and of itself. And during all of that, I was also navigating the medical system as a pregnant person for the first time. And I'd actually never even been to the gynecologist before. So I was feeling a little nervous and very vulnerable. And my first appointment was terrible. I left in tears and found another midwife or another um, OB. And this OB was what you expect from a medical professional. I mean, she was pleasant, quick and to the point. I definitely felt like because she was always running late that she was rushing our appointments and just trying to get through. And after my first experience, I was really looking for somebody who was going to make me feel a little better at ease and make me feel safe. And I just wasn't getting that from her. So I had a conversation with an old coworker about my obstetric woes and she told me about her home birth. And she actually recommended the Doing It At Home podcast and gave me her midwife's information and said, hey, you know, no pressure, but here are these resources if you want them. And I completely fell in love with this more holistic midwifery type care, this model of care that was so like woman centric and your body can do this and 
you don't need to be on your back in a hospital screaming while an OB tells you to push. I loved that. And I quickly realized that I wanted so many of those things in my own labor. So after, you know, devouring all the different resources that I could find, you know, the work of Dr. Sarah Buckley and Pam England and scouring the entire evidence-based birth (laughs) website and reading all of these research studies that were done in Australia and the Netherlands and, you know, countries that weren't so automatically biased against holistic care. I took these new ideas and desires and went to my midwife with them. And I heard, you like, oh, well, the hospital should be able to accommodate some of these, but I always tell my patients to keep an open mind. And it was at that point that I told her, okay, but I absolutely do not want an epidural. And the reason why is when I was 10, I watched my mom in the hospital bed after my little brother was born and her legs were shaking uncontrollably as a result of the epidural and she couldn't even walk herself to the bathroom. She had to be carried anytime she needed to use the restroom. And after suffering some childhood trauma, not being in control of my own body was just about the worst thing that I could think of. So I told my OB all of this and that I was not going to have an epidural and she got really serious and in this measured tone told me again, I tell all my patients to keep an open mind. And this obviously was not the response that I was hoping for because it felt to me like she was saying, I understand that you have birth desires, but once you're in labor and I'm in that room, they're not going to matter. So I started looking up ways that I could advocate for myself and talking to other people about their births and more holistic models of care. And an old friend of mine from high school actually told me about a birth center that evidently a lot of people from our hometown had gone to, but I didn't even know existed. So we made the appointment to tour the facility and talk with the midwives. And it was night and day. The whole place just felt so much more comforting and the midwives took so much time to make sure that they listened and answered each and every question and concern and really put us at ease and that was what i had been missing was care providers who wanted you to know that you were safe and that you could trust them and that they had all of the tools that they needed to take care of you properly and to care about you properly. And so I fell further and further in love with midwifery and changed from an OB care to midwifery care at 24 weeks. And after that, everything just kind of went your typical way in pregnancy, just moving along until 37 weeks. And then I had, you know, the 37 week appointment and the midwife asked me if I had my go bag packed. And of course I didn't (laughs) because I was thinking, oh, I'm a first time mom. First time moms always go to at least 41 and two. So I'm going to be fine. And she told me that my body was doing all the things to go into labor. And so I needed to get ready. So then I see my chiropractor a day or two later and she tells me essentially the same thing that yes, the average first time mom goes until 41 and two, 
but I was not going to be the average first-time mom. So I rushed to get everything ready at home and at work and was having all the Braxton Hicks, but nothing happened. So in Texas, licensed midwives are only allowed to care for you until you reach 42 weeks, at which point you risk out of the midwifery model of care. So I was feeling the pressure, especially considering I had spent nearly a month thinking I was gonna go into labor any minute. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So at 40 and 5, my midwife suggests I get a membrane sweep and nothing happens. And then at 41 and three, they suggest an additional membrane sweep. And also that I take this herbal drink that had like black and blue cohosh and feverfew and another thing or two that I can't remember anymore. And that finally worked. That night, Monday night, by about 5.30, I was having the standard like one minute long contractions every five minutes or less for an hour. And I was like, yes, it worked and it's go time. But I knew that labor can take a while, so I went home and convinced myself to try to sleep, and my contractions did actually end up slowing, and I was able to get some rest that night. And the next day in the afternoon, labor ramped back up again, and when it did, it ramped up hard. So Jasper, being the little stinker bug that he is, decided that he was going to turn posterior at the last minute and just settle comfortably into that position. <laughs> so I had very intense back labor. It wasn't long at all before. I didn't even think I was having a break between contractions because the back pain was masking the contractions and I couldn't even keep water down. I would take a sip of water and almost immediately throw it back up. So my friend who had just finished her doula training but hadn't attended any births was going to attend mine as her first so i called her up and she came over and after being there for a little bit she could tell that i was having a hard time handling it and that i probably needed additional care so she, there was some back and forth between her and the midwife because i wasn't vocalizing the way that the midwife wanted me to but she did eventually allow me to come in and at about nine o'clock she checked me and I was only two centimeters, which I had been at for weeks and weeks at that point. So she sent me home and things continued to get even more intense. And my friend knew me pretty well. So she knew that when I am stressed or in pain, that I handle things really internally. But even at that point, like I couldn't breathe through contractions. Everyone always says, breathe through your contractions. I couldn't do that. I had to hum through them or I felt like I was going to lose it. So she called the midwife again, some more back and forth, but eventually at 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. at this point, so this is 1 a.m. on Wednesday morning, the midwife met me back at the birth center and I was still only two centimeters, but she agreed to go ahead and let me come in because I think at that point she could tell that I really needed it. I needed the support. So I get in the water 
and it felt so much better. But she kept taking me out to do more cervical checks. I mean, I don't even think that I would make it an hour at a time before she was asking me to get out for another cervical check. And every time it was obvious that I was not dilating as quickly as she wanted me to be. And so I started feeling really down in the dumps and worrying about whether or not I was going to be able to do it after being in labor for so long and being so exhausted and in so much pain. So then at 3.30, my water breaks. And anybody who's had their water break knows that everything gets somehow even more intense. Even if you don't think it can get any more intense, it gets more intense. And the midwife checks me and I'm only at four, maybe 4.5 centimeters. So now I think, how am I going to do 10 plus more hours of this? I'm nowhere near transition. You know, all the negative thoughts. And I, I'd convinced myself that despite all of the faith and trust that I had put in my body and my baby leading up to that moment, for some reason, my body wasn't going to be able to do it. So I started asking to transfer because I thought that I was going to need hospital support. And after about an hour arguing back and forth with the midwife, she told me, okay, well, you know, the OB is going to want to know how dilated you are. So let's get on the bed and just see where you're at. And she looks at me and says, so you're 9.5 centimeters for doing this. And I didn't say anything out loud, but in my head, I thought, if I can push, I can do it. I saw the light at the end of the tunnel and it changed everything. Because at this point, I didn't feel like my contractions were something that was happening to me. I felt like I could actually do something. And so I probably started pushing earlier than I really should have. But after about an hour of pushing, I was on the bed and my doula had one leg and my husband had the other. And the midwife put the oxygen mask on me and said, Jasper's heart tones are dipping. We need you to push him out now. And even though she said that, I don't think she really expected him to come out as quickly as he did because Jasper just shot out and landed on the bed and made direct eye contact with Brandon. Brandon likes to tell that story because he says it was the most intimidating thing he's ever experienced in his entire life, that this baby just shoots out like a rocket and makes direct eye contact with him. Like, talk about a power move on Jasper's part, like telling Brandon who's boss. Um, but so Brandon picked up Jasper and handed him to the midwife. And the midwife undid the cord that was around Jasper's neck and put him on my chest. And I rubbed his sweet little head. And the first things I said after he was born were, hi, Jasper, I love you. And I kissed his little head and gave him all the cuddles and was just so relieved that my baby was finally here in my arms. And everything after that was honestly a really beautiful easy postpartum uh Brandon was able to cut the cord I uh, did have a little bit of trouble I think passing the placenta but it came after like 45 minutes or so and then I got to have an herbal bath while Brandon did skin to skin and eat breakfast food because I was having the most intense cravings for pancakes 
and bacon and um, orange juice. Oh my God, I wanted all of the orange juice. And I did have a, a pretty bad tear. It was an almost third degree branching tear. So my midwives, both of them, had trouble suturing it up, but eventually that was taken care of and I was able to go home with Jasper and that was it. <laughs> I was finally home with my baby. And it definitely, it was difficult. Um, not postpartum in and of itself, because I actually was really lucky in that I felt like that came really naturally. But working through my labor was surprisingly difficult for me because I had done so much to try to avoid any kind of trauma and then I still had this really difficult labor with, you know, some other some other trust issues that I didn't specifically mention as I'm talking about it right now. And so it took me about seven months to work through my labor and talk through it with some friends. I had some friends who were licensed therapists, which is always nice to have <laughs> in your back pocket. And they helped me out. And I realized that it it made such an impact on me because I had taken so many measures to try to be in control of the situation. When in reality, birth is one of those things that you will never have complete control over. You can, you know, do all the prep work and plan for every eventuality. But in that moment, what's going to happen is going to happen. And you kind of just have to be along for the ride and prepared for anything that can occur. And I wasn't, but I also realized that I would do it all over again. <laughs> I realized that everything I went through, all of the anxiety and the fear was worth it because of the amazing experience I got to have and the kind of postpartum that I got to have with Jasper. And because it also made me a much more empowered individual afterwards. And there were so many amazing conversations with people that I wouldn't have been able to have if I had had any other kind of experience. So I guess, I guess my big takeaway <laughs> is one, if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> At least that's what I think. I mean, 36 hours of labor is no joke. And I know people have had it even crazier and would still absolutely in a heartbeat have another home birth. So if I can do it, you can do it. And then just because something is difficult doesn't mean that it's not going to be wonderful and magical and empowering and exactly how it was meant to be. And I wouldn't change a single second of it and now have the joy of planning my next home birth with baby Ayla. And I just, I sincerely hope that everybody will get to have the kind of like contented feelings that I have around my birth and my decisions, because that's part of what's so amazing about midwifery care is that we have the ability to make these choices for ourselves. And sometimes we then have to come to terms <laughs> with those decisions, but they were mine and they were impactful to me. And I am a much more powerful human being now because of the decisions that I made. Quick 
note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.